The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can! With Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be a give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. Welcome to the Keys to Riches Radio, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am Heather Wagonhalls, your hostess with the Financial Mostess, and I am flanked by my producer extraordinaire, the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And uh, we will help you get your money mind right on today's show. By the way, this segment is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at heathersfreeaudiobook.com and click on the link to <clears throat> download over 150000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, you could download our new book. Money, credit, and you? Well, not that. It's not done yet. Well, we haven't done that yet. Yeah. But uh, we got Yes, You Can. So we've got uh, the seven elements for self-empowerment. Yes, you can do by now. You were doing a little uh, Barbara Streisand there, you know. Hey, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You know, she's on tour. Did you know that she's been the first performer to have a best-selling album um, in every decade? Like six wow. de- over six decades. Talented lady. Yes, she is. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with today's show that or building your wealth. But uh, let's talk about uh, what we're going to do on today's show, shall we? Which key are we on, Maestro? Remember real estate. <laughs> I like when you say it that way. You always say it different. Yes, we are in our 10th key. If you can believe it or not, we only have a few more shows. And this season is kaputs. In the can, done, finito. And then we will be celebrating and broadcasting live from Freedom Fest. Las Vegas. Yes, in Las Vegas, Nevada in uh, in July. So I'll be excited about that. Uh, and you should too as well. Uh, so we also have a moolah word of the day. And it's funny because it kind of sort of fits in with this week's key. And then we also have our money drama. And we are going to kind of dovetail off of last week's money drama because we you know, last week was key um, nine and it was create credit. And so we were using that as a bridge to talk about what what's going to go on as today's show, because it's a part. Last week's key is a part of a greater whole, which would be this week's key and how to leverage our way to wealth. And that's one of the keys um, or that's one of the values in this week's key. Remember, real estate is leveraging your way to wealth. But first... Our moolah word of the day. Yes. It would be that time again. Moolah word. So our moolah word is broker. Broker. And a broker is an individual or firm which acts as an intermediary between a buyer and a seller, usually charging a commission for securities and most other products like real estate. A license is required. 
and uh, there's an educational process also involved, and then there's usually ongoing maintenance of said license. So um, you can there's uh, mortgage brokers, there's uh, mortgage bankers, uh, um, but they uh, they can kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's real estate brokers that will help you transact real estate, and you can work for a brokerage. Uh, the same thing as being a stockbroker working for a stockbroker edge, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's also a verb, right? You can broker something. Yes, that in in its active form, it would yeah. would be uh, uh, brokering a deal would be yeah. the coming together Correct. of the negotiating and all of the activities involved. It's a good word. Yes, it's a great word. I like that word. I'm a broker. Yeah, and and I was a stockbroker. And an investment advisor on them now, and I was a mortgage broker, and I am now a real estate broker. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. If it ain't broker, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that was good. That was awesome! Yay! Very good, Miguel. I'm so impressed. Yeah, it took a while to get that one, but. <laughs> No, I thought that was really off the cuff. Actually, I thought that was rather rather cool. Uh, so let's uh, uh, let's hope we can do this show in one shot, as opposed to the updates that we just did in Facebook Live. We are starting to broadcast on Facebook Live random events and updates for you to help you get your money mind right. It's so an ex- be- it's an experiment. It could be a little scary, but. <laughs> Well, we're over the hump now. We're into it now. Like the yeah. first one was the tough one. The second one, we were like, well, we had technology issues, but we're going to go now. Yeah. Third time's the charm. We're going to be like, Phew. yeah, we're going to be so solid on this next one. We just got to figure out when we're going to do it. So and anyway, so make sure that you're, you're, you have liked the Unlock Your Wealth radio page um, or my fan page at Heather Wagon Halls because we will be broadcasting from both of those. And that way you'll be able to get the updates and you can participate in real time. So if we are broadcasting live, one of the cool things about that is you can submit questions. You can say hi. You can send us some love. Give us an emoticon. It's pretty nifty, actually. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was pretty neat. When we were broadcasting, all these people started popping up and saying, hey. And and interacting with us, so it, it made it a great tool to yes. be able to um, interact with all of you who listen to the show each and every week. So I'm excited about that. And you can also find them on the Keys to Riches page too, since we all, since this is a separate show. You can also um, like the Keys to Riches Facebook page, and then you'll also get the updates uh, when we're live on that, and yeah. then you'll be able to watch them when they're specific and relevant to this week's key. Those are the ones that you want to be paying yeah, attention to. Who needs to take phone calls? <laughs> exactly. We don't need to have live callers because we can have. Yeah. Live Facebookers, and right. you can just submit your question on there the air. You go. I like so, that. Uh, as the, we, we should probably incorporate that next season, make the Facebook yeah. Live segment a part of the show, and then we can actually uh, interact with everybody. Yeah. So, that would be cool. It's not a bad idea. I think that's a great idea as we're going forward. So, are you guys are going, okay, thanks. Uh, we yeah. get it. Facebook, we'll yeah, do really. it. Done. Yeah. So, moving right along. Remember real estate. There we go. How about this week's key? So, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to Keys to Riches Radio. We're so glad to have you. If you are a returning listener, uh, then uh, this is all for the newbies. So you can pause for about 15 seconds while I catch everybody else up. The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It will also help you to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, 
save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this show one key at a time, one week at a time. And so this week's key is our Remember Real Estate Key. And I started explaining a little bit of this last week without tainting it too much because we talked about layers of risk and why that last week's key made such an impact. And so what we're going to address today is how to assess whether or not you're eligible for the opportunity to start investing in real estate. And it begins with home ownership. Home ownership is not an investment though. Let's not confuse that. And then how we can utilize uh, successive uh, personal residences to build a an incredible financial portfolio. Uh, but we have to talk about what goes into qualifying first. And so we'll also address the four layers of risk of which last week was a part of it. And there's only two other layers that we need to concern ourselves with because one is what it is. And we'll get that one out right away. But first, I want to talk about why you need to be thinking about real estate as an investment if you haven't before. If you were scared about real estate investment, if you've never owned a home or you've never owned a building or anything like that, you grew up in in uh, an apartment and the whole idea of home ownership scares you or you're in fear of being tied down, let me dispel some myths for you. So first off, uh, if you are a homeowner and uh, or if you are a renter and are concerned about being tied down, that is part of our financial plan when it comes to uh, building wealth is to acquire multiple income streams and starting with your first home is it. So let's say you buy a home, but you don't like it after a year. That's ideal because now it can become your first investment property without having to buy an investment property. How beautiful is that? And then you can go wherever the heck you want to after that. But it just starts the process. But the reason why I like real estate as an investment is because this is the most important reason, because you can exponentially accelerate your income potential. And I'm talking about cash flow when you invest in real estate versus investing in any other type of investment. And I'll explain that for you simply. If you put a dollar in the stock market, it's only going to earn at that power of a dollar. Let's say you buy a bond, right? So, uh, and let's say you get 12% on that bond. If you put $1 in the bond, you're only going to get 12 cents every year. Okay. And so you can only earn at that power of one. So if it's $2, you're earning 24 cents. If it's a hundred dollars, you're earning $12. Okay. But the point is, is you have to actively invest every dollar in real estate to maximize that return. Okay. But if you invest that same dollar in real estate and okay, and let's say you put 10% down on your house. All right. So let's say your house costs 10 bucks and you put down $1. Okay. Your rate of return is not based on the $1. It's based on what that $10 value can earn you. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yep. Isn't that awesome? So if that $10 gets 12%, okay, so now we've got $1.20, but we only invested a dollar. So instead of 12 cents, we got a buck 20. We amplified our earning power. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? That's a, that's a huge difference between 
Yeah. Yes. The other scenario. It's amazing. And, you know, you borrow the rest. And so that's why last week was one of the four layers of risk when, that an underwriter uses to determine your ability to qualify. And that is your character. The four C's are character, capacity, capital, and collateral. And the first one we talked about last week, and, and that was character. So how you've paid your bills in the past is likely how you will pay your bills in the future. And if you don't believe me, <laughs> then uh, you're tuning into the wrong show because this whole radio program is biology and behavior based. <laughs> and we are creatures of habit. And people do not change until the pain of change is less than the pain of saying the same. So you have to get super uncomfortable with where you are in order to make a change. It's just the way we are. That's simple. We're wired that way. So instead of trying to fight that, Let's roll with it because if we roll with it, we can do so much better with our finances. And it doesn't have to be as arduous as it is if we choose the alternative path. So that's what's the beauty of it. Yeah. So let's talk about the other three layers of risk. So credit, we got rid of last week or character, that layer of risk, which is also AKA credit. Uh, so the next layer of risk I want to eliminate uh, because it has no bearing and focus on the next two because those are going to affect your ability to qualify. And if you go to the website at keesriches.com, you'll be able to download the resources that we have. Uh, and it's just this cool little worksheet. Just download it and fill in the blanks, answer the questions, and it'll tell you um, whether or not you qualify for home ownership. And it'll tell you how much that you'll qualify for. Um, it's this cool little tool, this little worksheet that you can do, and it'll tell you how close to or far away from you come to home ownership. And then with that information in hand, then you can go back to key three dreams with deadlines and pull out your goal achievement strategy and work that in to your long-term financial plan. It's so great. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. The other two layers of risk, capital, collateral, and capacity. Those are the three that we have left. And collateral is the one we're going to get rid of because collateral is real simple. Collateral is not willing buyer, willing seller negotiating freely in an open market. Collateral is only appraised value. And your mortgage that you apply for is going to be based on purchase price or appraised value, whichever is lower. So if you, willing buyer, willing seller, negotiating for lean and open market, and uh, you um, agree to pay $100,000 for a property and it appraises at one hundred and five, dollars good for you. That five doesn't mean anything for a minimum of one year, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, you know, um, they're going to go by purchase price to establish the ratios of what your loan will be. So if you put 10% down on a $100,000 house, and, I'm, and I only use this not because like houses are always priced in this price range, but because the math is easy in my head, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. So if you do 10% um, down you will, um, and finance 90%, you'll have to come in with $10,000, not including closing costs and all that stuff. And then you can finance the other 90. All right. So same scenario, willing buyer, willing seller, negotiating freely in the open market, $100,000 purchase price. Appraisal comes in at 90,000. Uh-oh. Oh. So 
what's your mortgage going to be based off of? Uh, 90000 Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yes. So uh, not only are you going to have to come up with 10% of 90000 which would be 9000 but now you're going to have to make up the difference if you can't renegotiate. And, and it is a great point to renegotiate. So you can renegotiate when, when appraisals don't meet value. Um, and you can try to get knock them down. But if not, if you, and if you have to have the house, and, and I'm just going to forewarn you that you, you never have to have it. I watched this man please a wife, and he had to come out of pocket. So instead of having to put $9,000 down for the house, renegotiate and pay $9,000 or find another house, he wound up paying the extra 10. And in his case, it was much higher because it was a different value of a home. Um, So now, you know, you are upside down in your house. Mm -hmm. Not good. Sunk cost. How many years is it going to take you to get that house to appreciate? Are you at the peak of the market right now? Where is demand? Is that the reason why you're overpaying? Because you have a shortage of inventory and demand is higher than supply and that's why it's costing you more? I mean, that's just wasted money. Yeah. You know, that is just completely wasted money. And so, um, and I would advise you to not go forward with that kind of a transaction. But we can't fix collateral. It is what it is. And as a result of all of the overinflated appraisals and the crash of the market, they're very, very strict on how that goes down. Uh, the lender that actually funds the loan is the guy that orders the appraisal. I used to be able to call appraisers and say, hey, I need you to do this appraisal for me. And I, w- and I had relationships with appraisers, but now you can't network with them because the, the lender can't order the appraisal. Only the bank that's going to be wow. uh, uh, funding the loan orders the appraisal. And, hmm. and, and they, so it's a, whole, it's a whole new ball game, let me just tell you. So, um, so let's just get that one off the table, and then we'll address the, most, the two most important ones that affect affordability, and that is um, capacity and capital. You are listening to Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And this segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown today with our special offer for Keys to Riches radio listeners. Please visit uh, KeysToRiches.com forward slash Keep my ID and click on the link to get your special offer. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So when we talk about remembering real estate and affordability ratios, you're going to have this ratio called the front end ratio and the back end ratio. And it can be also called the housing ratio and then total debt ratio. It's like because in the mortgage business, there's three names for everything. And depending on what side of the country you're from, depending on what company you work for, depending on who's a transplant from where, what languaging people use. You know, uh, you have conditions to close or you have stipulations. You have all these crazy things. So thank thank goodness I'm not in that uh, marketplace anymore as a lender because that just made you want to pull your hair out. That's confusing, yeah. Exactly. But uh, so what you need to know is that the front end ratio has to do with total housing costs. So if you're a renter, it's what you pay for rent. If you are a homeowner currently, it's principal, interest, taxes, insurance, and homeowners association dues. 
The back end ratio includes the front end plus any other debt that's reported on your credit report. Plus, it takes alimony, child support, or separate maintenance not included on that credit report into consideration for your debt ratios. If yeah. you make those payments out, it's like it's like a credit card bill, and it dings your affordability. Yeah. And so, uh, and you have to get divorce decrees and all kinds of stuff like that, and bring in all the court documents. These lenders, they want everything. You can't just say I'm divorced. Yeah. You know, and be like, oh, okay, like yeah. it's nothing. So, so they're going to want to see proof that you that from your divorce decree that you don't owe anything or that you do, and how much that is. Not a lot of trust going on here. Well, it's uh like like Reagan said, trust but verify. Yeah. Okay, so this is what you said. I'll take your word for it. Now prove it. Yeah. That's all that's all we're that's, asking you to do. That's fine. That's fine. You know, because here's the deal. I want you to be as a lender, I want you to be successful in your management of this debt. And um and if I overburden you with a loan you can't afford, it's not a matter of if I'm going to have to foreclose. It's a matter of when. So that's not good for me right. as an investor because right. I don't want your house. I want to collect the interest that you're going to pay me in right. every monthly payment for the next 30 years. Okay. And, and so I need you to be successful. So I, as a lender, must set you up for success. People think, oh, those crappy lenders, they tell me I can't afford this, but I have this. And look, trust me. Because whatever you think you can afford, you can't. <laughs> Most people always have, I'm telling you, it's champagne it. wishes on a beer budget. I believe you. Champagne wishes on a beer budget. And and uh, and I know this because that's what I did. <laughs> you know, I mean, because that's what happens. My first house, I over I overbought. And fortunately, I was motivated and hungry. And uh, so I was able to raise my income commensurate to the new financial obligation I took on. Yeah. But um, not everybody can do that if they're paid by the hour. Right. You know, I was commissioned, so I could go sell more. And that right. was the beauty of what I did. So uh, so what we're going to do is this ratio is going to determine do determine your payment amount, which in turn will determine your affordability. And uh, uh, so I'm going to caution you about finding out the formula first um, before you find out what you're comfortable with. We're going to go through this little questionnaire process. And uh, you can also find that simply at uh, keystoriches.com. And if you just look in our resources section, you will find this affordability worksheet for homeownership. So uh, so we've got these two ratios that we have to play with. And the way that we understand or determine what those will be will be on these two layers of risk. And so capacity and capital are the next two. So capacity is your ability to repay the note. And the way we calculate this is by adding up all of your income streams. Okay. Uh, and then when it comes to calculating affordability, we specifically remove or reduce that number by the, uh, the amount of debt that you carry every month in the form of minimum monthly payments. And if it, and what we do is we take a percentage of that to determine your affordability. And, uh, uh, then the next layer of risk is, um, Capital, and that is two things. One, how much money you come in with in the transaction, meaning your down payment, 
And then uh, it's also capital reserves, how much money you have left over, because they don't want you spending your wad on the down payment and then not have at least a couple mortgage payments in the bank. So depending on whether you go with government financing or uh, like government insured financing or um, conventional financing will determine what your credit needs to look like. And so we talked about that in last week's show. So just to to briefly summarize it, uh, if you meet this criteria of two trade lines, uh, so that's two of any types of credit you have extended for 24 months with zero lates, or in the case of conventional, four trade lines, 24 months, zero lates, then your credit qualifies by credit quality. There might be score requirements that you also have to meet, but credit quality is the minimum requirement. So then what will happen is uh, we'll just simply calculate this. So if you let's just do the math real easy. All right, if you don't have an HOA, and you're looking at uh, principal interest, taxes, and insurance. So a fully amortized payment with what they call the collection of escrow payments. And so that will be capped at uh, 28% for conforming conventional or 29% for uh, government-insured loans. Okay, so if you make a thousand dollars a month, you're looking at a mortgage payment that fully amortized with escrows and HOA under two hundred and eighty dollars for conforming conventional or two hundred and ninety dollars for government insured loans. So that's your front end ratio. Now, your back end ratio includes that debt and you don't get much more flexibility. So if you are doing conforming conventional, you'll be allowed to carry 10% more of your monthly income for your total debt or back end ratio or bottom ratio. And uh, for uh, government insured loans, because those are usually lower income people, their percentage of their income to debt will be higher. And so you'll be allowed 12%. I'm sorry, did I say 8%? on uh, conforming conventional and 12% on government. So mm-hmm. there's a 4% swing there that you have or flexibility. Now, some lenders will go high, but this is basic underwriting guidelines. Some will go higher than that. They'll go to, to, to in the um, low 40s. But the key is that you're trying to build wealth, not bury yourself in debt. So it doesn't really matter what the max is. And here's where I like to do things. You know what you like to do each and every month. Are you a minimalist and you have a certain monthly rent payment that you enjoy presently and that um, you like to travel and do other things instead and spend your money on that? If that's the case, don't even ask what your max mortgage payment is based on your income and your ratios, okay? You want to find out what you can afford at the prevailing interest rate, back your payment into your mortgage amount. And that's what you need to shop for. Because, and realtors, both lenders and realtors want you to max out. Because that means bigger commissions for them. Bigger mortgage, bigger commissions on the mortgage guy's side, bigger purchase price, bigger commission for the real estate agent. Yeah. So it's not in their best interest 
to get you what's appropriate or in line with your financial goals. They will usually do, I mean, and, and they're committed to ethics that say they will do this, but a half of them can't even do this math, uh, which is uh, very, very upsetting. And I know this because I used to teach real estate and I can't wow. believe it. People are like, but I can't get the math right. And I'm like, then how do you make money? How do you balance your checkbook? How do you survive if you can't do math? You have to be able to do this kind of math. And so I created this beautiful worksheet that's at the website that you can use. And the biggest mistake that people make or what the money drama is, is that people will go and they will start shopping for a house first and then find out that they're buried in consumer debt. And forget 10% or even 15%, they're carrying 30% or more in personal debt. I had these people that had an 80% back-end ratio. If one of them sneezed and took three minutes longer on a coffee break... That they were financially screwed. They were going to lose everything. And that didn't, you know, and because it goes on gross income, they weren't even calculating the the fact that they were upside down technically because of the uh, the taxes that they had to pay. Right. You know, for income tax. Yep. And Social Security and all that stuff. They were technically already upside down where they were and they wanted to buy another house. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Because what happens is when your debt ratio is higher than your real estate, your total ratio, it cuts down on your mortgage affordability. They don't up the back end. They lower that front end or housing number. Mm-hmm. So for more great resources and this week's key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at keystoriches.com, where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Take our free online course and learn the Keys to Riches in depth today. For Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio and the maestro of Moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.